Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Joan Arnold, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Brooklyn, New York, and also she teaches in Columbia County in upstate New York. Joan uh, has been an Alexander teacher for over 20 years, and she's also, for the past 10 years, uh, been a yoga instructor in the Anusara tradition. So she has extensive knowledge of yoga and, of course, of the Alexander Technique. And we're going to talk today about various questions around the topic, how the Alexander Technique can be useful for people who are practicing yoga or contemplating uh, taking up yoga. Joan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Joan, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. And I wonder if you could could start by giving our listeners a very short uh, definition or description of the Alexander Technique. Um, Alexander Technique is a way to move more easily. And we can use Alexander's view of how the body is meant to work to help refine our movement in daily life, and our yoga postures. So it's something that's useful for a lot of people, but I'm going to assume that there may be some very special reasons why people who are doing yoga practice might find it helpful. Is that is that correct? Absolutely. Um, yoga takes us to the limits of our flexibility and strength often, and Alexander can help you do that with less injury, more ease, and more enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And while I have to, to say that personally I don't have very much experience with yoga, I do know uh, quite a few people who do, and I know some of them, who uh, some people who have either dropped out of uh, doing yoga or who have actually injured themselves, and I've given a little bit of thought to why that might be. The The thing that kind of jumps out at me is that yoga comes out of a tradition where perhaps people had inherently more flexibility than most Westerners do. Does that, that is, match your experience? That's such a good point. I actually think... And this is really not based on research, but just my um, gazing on pictures of Iyengar and some of the practitioners in in India, it may be that that ethnicity has longer ligaments. Also, they live in a whole lot more heat than Mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that may have led to a preference for uh, flexibility, sometimes extreme flexibility. Right. And my research consisted of a trip to India about 30, oh. 35 years ago. Uh-huh. And if you go to India, or indeed a great number of countries in that part of the world, you see people um, spending a lot of their day in a deep squat, yes. their feet flat on the ground, yes. um, starting at a very early age and going right into the 80s and 90s. And it, it's sort of almost the default um, non-standing position. Yeah, you don't the, see a lot of places. You don't see a lot of chairs. And uh-huh. um, I think that must play a role as well because, I mean, the, your average Westerner is going to have trouble doing that. 
please. Well, um, I, I wrote an article about just about flexibility, independent of yoga or the Alexander technique, and I feel I continue to feel that um, free hip joints are, if there is one, a fountain of youth, and that's something that the Alexander technique can help you with, and yoga can help you with. Lots of people spend a lot of time sitting at desks with a fabled computer, regardless of what your profession is, mm-hmm. and. Um, our culture is oriented to sitting in chairs and sitting in cars, and um, this is a way, both methods are a way of maintaining hip flexibility over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if you could say a little bit, let's say um, someone who's taking yoga classes comes to you for uh, Alexander lessons. How, mm-hmm. how would you approach working with them? I would actually, um, I'd love to back up to something you said before Mm -hmm. and comment on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Why, because I think these are really important points, why people try yoga, why people drop out of yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, Alexander Technique offers a way to do things. So it helps you manage your body as you move. It's not a separate thing to do. It's something to incorporate into anything. What today we're talking about yoga. So um, somebody can say, "Hey, my doctor told me I should relax and uh, go to a yoga class," and then they go to something at their health club and they see this giant pack of people moving very athletically and doing all kinds of things quickly that they have no basis for. And it can be labeled a beginning class. So in that case, there are two problems. One, nobody's telling them how to do it. And two, they are much more open to injury. So coming to your current question, when people come to me, somebody just called me today who's um, been practicing you yoga for a long time and um, is now encountering some problems now that her body's getting older. So she's consulting with me to see, first of all, how she can work on the movement habits that get in the way of her doing her yoga postures and also how she can adapt her current body to an ongoing practice of yoga that will keep helping her for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And and when someone uh, who has those sorts of issues comes to you for a, a lesson, um, particularly since a lot of our listeners won't really know that much about how the Alexander Technique is taught, oh, good could God. you say a, a, a word or two about how you would, uh, what they might expect in the first lesson or two or three? Sure. So when someone comes to me, uh, first of all, I just do... an overall analysis of their movement pattern. And that is really very simply observing how they stand, walk, and sit. So because I've been watching people in movement for a long time and I have the Alexander Technique vocabulary, I have um, pretty quickly an understanding of what tension areas might be interfering with their comfort um, in ordinary movement. And then... Once I introduce the fundamental principles of the technique, which are ease in the neck, freedom in the spine, ease in the breath as you move, then we can start working together to apply the technique to something specific, Mm -hmm. such as a yoga posture. Mm -hmm. 
So you, initially, you would work with someone, it sounds like, pretty much the, a yoga student, pretty much the same as you would with anybody else. That's but right. But at some point, fairly fairly soon into the sequence of lessons, you would want them to actually do some asanas, or that's if, right. if that's the right term, or... That is correct. Actually, my own personal favorite with the, the couple of classes I took was the corpse pose. Uh-huh, I, yes. I found I had people's. great ability to do that. But anyway, so you would actually work with people in, in, in their movements and, I, and, I, and your, in their yoga movements. And I think it's interesting to, that you said, you know, you would, you would take a look at them um, to see what sort of patterns of holding or restriction – they had in ordinary activities. And I think it's worth saying here that uh, one of Alexander's great discoveries, and this is uh, F. Matthias Alexander, the developer of the Alexander technique, uh, was a concept that he, he came to label use, I spelled U-S-E. And w- w- what he discovered was that um, for most people, uh, patterns of misusing themselves, let's say holding their breath or restricting movement in a certain way, would carry across quite a range of activities. Mm-hmm. So that chances are, when you take a look at someone standing and sitting and walking, uh, you're going to see uh, misuse patterns that are very likely to show up, perhaps in an exagger- in an exaggerated form when they do something more challenging, such as uh, a yoga pose. Exactly. So, I, also, I also want them to understand what is the technique and what is yoga. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's important because um, I want people to, first of all, be able to apply Alexander's very reliable skills in their daily life. That's part of the, my job as a teacher whether I'm in an Alexander lesson or a yoga class and I also want them to kind of understand these very elegant principles and how they foster good use in a yoga posture so just so they know exactly what they're doing the Mm -hmm. more they know what they're doing uh, the more independent they can be right and I think sometimes the Alexander technique is described uh, as a sort of a pre-technique. That is, mm-hmm. it is, it is how you organize yourself in order to then do whatever specific activity you choose. In That's this right. case, we're talking ab- about yoga, and I think in in kind of in line with that, it, there's a, a very interesting. I mean, as you said, you want to have people. You want your students to have a clear idea of what is yoga and what is mm-hmm. the Alexander technique. Um, the you know the an Alexander teacher is is uh, I guess you could say a specialist in movement coordination, posture, right. breathing, that sort of stuff. Uh, an Alexander teacher may know nothing about yoga or a right. specific um, activity that you're doing. And th- there is this kind of a fundamental distinction, which I think sometimes people lose track of, between a person who teaches or is adept at a particular skill, let's say yoga or a musician or sure. whatever, and someone who is skillful at helping people 
uh, examine and improve their their coordination and balance. Yeah. And well, you know, we we are able to help people uh, perform uh, activities better that we don't have to be expert in. I have right. helped people ski, play the violin, um, all these things that I don't myself do. But obviously when there's a deeper experience on the part of the teacher with a particular discipline, then they bring that background to mm-hmm. the practice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess if you are uh, someone who's taking uh, yoga classes, um, you would want at least for your yoga instructor to move very gracefully themselves because you are going to be picking up cues from that. Uh, That's an interesting point. I also feel that uh, this goes back to some of the common problems in the study of yoga, that there are people who may be performing postures beautifully who do not really take the time to instruct or observe the students within their classes. These are generalizations. You know, these are things that people complain to me about. I take some pretty fantastic classes from wonderful yoga teachers who are not Alexander teachers. And I feel like the whole field has become much more sophisticated and included ideas from Alexander technique and other kinds of um, explorations of the body. The whole field has become very rich. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about are the real common problems, the things that people most often run into at a Y or a health club or um, a common or average kind of class. Mm -hmm. And just based on your experience of working with students who are taking yoga classes, can you offer any sort of very general bits of advice on how to choose a teacher, a yoga teacher, how to know when to say no to something from the teacher, that sort of thing? Happy to do it um, because some people are pushed by their yoga teachers yes. and yeah. are injured and often the yoga teacher never finds out the other end of the spectrum is that they get sued. That's also happened. But usually somebody will just, a student um, will manage the injury themselves and not tell the teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, when you go to a class, I think the first thing to look for is uh, whether the teacher is looking at the student's hmm Yeah, that's a big uh, one, isn't it? That's, you know, just where are their eyes? If, yeah. uh, because if their eyes are on themselves in the mirror and you're supposed to just follow along, um, the chances of you not knowing what you're doing are greater. So mm-hmm. um, if somebody comes over and puts their hands on you and you have the slightest discomfort, you say something right away do not wait Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you don't have experience because i can think of 10 examples of instantly of students who have been pushed and sustained injuries over time and that has both uh, been an uncomfortable thing to recover from and an impediment to studying yoga further yeah yeah and any other thoughts about how to 
How to choose. How, and how to, yeah, and how to know if you're in the right kind of a class for you. Uh, one of the most frequent complaints of my students is that um, there is not enough warm-up and that the class moves too quickly for you to be able to see how to do the movement correctly. Mm-hmm. So I would say, depending on your level of fitness, your level of movement skill, that you look for a class that has the right pacing, that has careful observation and helpful feedback from the teacher without any aggra- aggressive hands-on um, instruction. Graceful, light helpful hands-on instruction can make a tremendous difference. And um, the Alexander Touch is unique in offering that to a student in a yoga class. But um, as I continue to take yoga classes, I think that in general, yoga teachers' hands-on work has improved, become lighter and more helpful. So you you would presumably be looking for, um, in terms of hands-on instruction from a yoga teacher, something that's in the way of guidance, but not something that's pushing you. Gentle uh, guidance. Very gentle, right? That's gentle guidance that invites your body to Mm. shift at its own pace. But not not trying to force you. you into a position that perhaps you're not ready to sustain uh, without injuring yourself. And I I have, I mean, I, I think you're right that things have improved in many respects. When I first started teaching uh, about 30 years ago, I, I would run into people who had um, been to a yoga class or a yoga retreat or whatever, and had been literally forced into uh, Mm -hmm. some pretty odd positions that they, just looking at them, I couldn't imagine how they would ever pull that off on their own and, and how it would be helpful to, to force them. But there did well, seem to be at that time, and maybe that was just that time and place, a little bit of an attitude, even in something like yoga, the no pain, no gain sort right. of approach. Right. Um, Which we Alexander people aren't crazy about, right? We're not crazy about it. Um, you know, there are you know there are moments when you challenge yourself, either in strength or flexibility, mm-hmm. that I would call uncomfortable. It takes a while to know that zone is beneficial. You know, especially for a beginning student, you are going to be challenged in some way. You just want that to be at the very beginning edge of discomfort if that's the case right. not into pain right also um alexander uh yoga rather is known for some extreme poses you know mm-hmm. oh i don't want to wrap my leg around my head you know mm-hmm. uh when people think about taking yoga and you know those poses were evolved by people on tops of mountains not doing a whole lot else and for ordinary people uh, you can use yoga's ordinary vocabulary to enhance your health, ease your breathing, build your flexibility and strength without doing the most extreme poses of yoga. Right. And certainly forcing right. them, it's, there's no reason to do it. Well, I, I would think that if, if you're contemplating taking yoga, one of the things that you would want to ask yourself is why. What's words, your goal? Per, yeah, what's the goal? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think for the average person, it's it's not to become a yogi and sit up on top That's of a right. mountain. It's to 
It's to enhance um, your other ordinary daily activities, which, of course, is exactly what the Alexander Technique's about, too, in a, in a different yeah. way. Um, Joan, is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you would like to bring up before we come to an end? I would like to bring up the aspect of pleasure. Oh, yes. (laughs) Bring it up. Bring it on. Yeah. That's one of the things that I feel Alexander Technique brings to a yoga class. You know, people can get terribly serious about self-improvement. But when you understand poses more fully, when your breath is easier, uh, when you can flow comfortably from one pose to another, it's just more fun. It feels better. Your body feels more resilient. And that's going to keep you coming back. You know, we have so many shoulds in our lives. Um, I really should work out more. I should really take more yoga. Um, And when something is truly enjoyable, it invites you to come back. And what we want with both the Alexander Technique and with yoga is a life-enhancing, long practice. We can keep practicing both really until the end of our days. And the synergy between the two is one that I find compelling and very useful. Yeah, certainly uh, Alexander lessons and the self-exploration that goes with it. If it's not fun and if it's not easy, then chances are you're on the wrong track, wouldn't you say? And I guess that would be true of yoga, too, from what you said. I think that both um, both techniques challenge you in that each of them offers a different perspective on changing habits that get in your way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can be a bumpy ride, but it's a pleasurable, fascinating way to get through some of the inevitable humps in the learning process. Well, that that might be the perfect place to to end our conversation. Um, Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, my, my guest today has been Joan Arnold, an Alexander Technique teacher and yoga instructor who lives in Brooklyn, New York, teaches in the New York City area in general, and also upstate in Columbia County. If anything we've talked about intrigues you and you live in those either of those areas, We'll put a link to Joan's website by the interview, and you can contact her. And uh, if you live anywhere else in the world, we'll have a link to a website where you can find a teacher uh, in your area, wherever you live. Joan, thanks so much for being on the show today. And thank you.